all, well, welcome to our inaugural podcast of oh, thanks, the Gapeless Crusaders. Yeah. Yeah. I want the audience has to listen to this for a really long time, but it's all cool. This is going to be your go-to podcast for comic news. Is it? Uh, comic opinion. <laughs> it will be. <laughs> it will be. Lot of everything comics that you uh, want to hear about. Want to talk we're, about? We're, talk, we're talking DC, Marvel, Vertigo, Image, Dark Horse, everything in between. Boom comics. Even things I'm writing. David Barry <laughs> is going to be talking about all of that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we're probably going to be faking it most of the time yeah. when we're talking about that. Whether uh, we like a movie or not. I.e. we have yeah. one nerd. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, we probably have two if we combine all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else and Dave Barry. I'm Kevin yeah. Smith. You guys are. Really <laughs> it's like a comic book man yeah. <laughs> for the West Coast. Comic book boy. West, yeah, no, there, there, there's Avengers and there's Avengers West Coast. We're West Coast comic book men. Yeah, there you go. We'll just be I like that. I like that. It was like the Vision, the Vision, Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch. We're pretty badass. Hawkeye. Wonder Man. Oh, Wonder Man. Right. Anyway, right, just for all of our uh, listeners, too, we do have uh, our satellite um, correspondent, Anthony yep. Steves, better just known as Steves. Yep. Um, Hello! <laughs> <laughs> uh, reporting to us live from Galt, California. Via uh, FaceTime. Via, via FaceTime. Um, Traffic looks smooth down 99. <laughs> <laughs> Traffic never looks smooth down 99. What are you talking about? <laughs> all right, so introductions. We'll start, uh, let's start with... Uh, Tom. Tom. Okay. Tom. Tom goes first. So wait, do we do our Twitter handles, all that good stuff? If you want to. Yeah, all right. Tell you where to follow us. Cool. Yeah. What's going on, guys? Uh, my name's Tom, but you can find me on Twitter, Instagram as Tall Dark Not Ugly. Even got a YouTube channel. Uh, most we'll of my. One more time, Tom. I'm sorry. I didn't hear what that. Is. <laughs> None of it. <laughs> slower for do you understand the words that come out of my mouth? Okay. Guys. And we've gone to Tom's Rachel. Asian. Yeah. Tom is our token. So I'm the I'm the Asian correspondent. Anyways, so let me start from the beginning. Uh, my name's Tom. Uh, you can also find me on Tall Dark Not Ugly on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, most of my, uh, ex- I guess, what I'm going to be talking about bringing it in is uh, for the filmic side of a lot of things. I uh, have a bit of comic book knowledge, m- mainly on the DC side. Uh, I usually tend to like to read a lot of the Green Lantern, uh, Batman uh, stuff. So that's why I'm here today. And Tom, why is your expertise in film? Uh, I'm a film production uh, major at my current university where I'm going, and uh, when did you graduate? I graduate this coming semester. Fantastic. So basically, you're, you're going to give us the... The mise-en-scene, baby. What? You, the you, mise-en-scene. You've got the inside track. You understand? When, when, when someone says a producer, we might know what he's done, but you're going to know a little bit more. The difference between cinematographer, director of photography, what it means, like why all these swish pans, what's going on with that, pretty much what the industry's trying to do. In a film, when they're closing up on somebody, when they're going really far away, why is it awkward? Why does it work? Why does it doesn't work? Fantastic. Jamie. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, my name is Jamie. J-A-Y-E. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Steve. Uh, let's see. Twitter handle is at sign the Jamie Burgess. Um, he has about as much as I can tell you about Twitter. He has one tweet. I have one tweet from July 2013. Uh, we're working on it. We'll teach him. I have two, three, two followers now, including this podcast. <laughs> Twitter, which is. Um, the capeless ones at the capeless ones at sign <laughs> ampersand for all you uh, technophiles. Are you supposed to type in at sign? Is that in there? It's an at sign. I thought, I thought ampersand was ampersand is the and. Ampersand is the and. Yeah. Ball. <laughs> Again, I'm at, confused. 
So, the Jamie Burgess to the Twitter. I will be getting uh, a little bit um, better at the tweets. <laughs> and, uh, it's current mission. That's his homework. Let's see, I'm a photographer, but uh, that's really not no relevance to what we're doing here. Um, I am reading right now Action Comics. My favorite right now. New 52? New 52 Action Comics. Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, let's see. I'm more of a DC guy than a Marvel guy. I enjoy watching the Marvel, Marvel movies, but uh, I'm more of a DC fanboy. More of a Superman fanboy when, more than anything. I guess I can go over a little bit why I like Superman movies. Best uh, later. We'll probably do a whole, we'll probably do that a whole podcast. A little bit. Stay yeah. tuned. Stay tuned for that. Ooh. <laughs> and um, Check out next week. what am I most excited about? Oh, Batman. Superman. I'm sorry, Superman, Batman movie. Man of Steel 2. World's Finest. World's Finest. Be a Wonder Woman. I would just like to point out this entire time, while we are all podcasting to you, we're also simultaneously watching uh, WrestleMania via Steve's FaceTime. Uh, currently, The Rock has just entered the arena. Um, no idea what he's doing there. Can't hear anything. Really um, excited to see what he's going to bring to the DC table. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, true. Good oh. segue. Way to bring it back to the yeah. podcast, Tom. Yes. But now we're off topic. So. Like, what I wanted to say also is I'm watching Arrow on TV. Arrow is um, awesome. Uh, Ninja Turtles on Nickelodeon is no joke. Probably my favorite. Uh, even more so than Arrow, even though I really like Arrow a lot. Flash TV show is going to be great. Um, what else? I think that's about it for now. It's we can probably move on to maybe uh, DB over here or Anthony and Steve's. Let's go with Steve's. 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 We're going in the circle. Okay. You're next. Hey, guys. How are you? Uh, my name is Anthony Steve's. I go by Steve's. Uh, my Twitter handle is the Azorian one. Uh, my Facebook is, of course, Anthony Steve's. And my Instagram is AG Steve's. Uh, yeah, AG Steve's. That's it. And uh, I am primarily a comic book movie guy. I um, I haven't read many comics. Uh, I maybe own five to my name. My <laughs> I basically uh, on Sundays after church, when my parents would go have coffee. I'd read comics at Barnes and Noble. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't buy them. I would just sit there and read them. Um, I I would say I would say I'm more DC than Marvel, only because I grew up on Batman and Superman. Those are the two I know the most of. Uh, I have read more about X Men and and Spider Man. Uh, ever since Robert Downey Jr. I became a Iron Man fan. Um, but I would say I lean more to the Batman and Superman, but I'm more of the movie guy fanboy than I am the comic book reader. But I am boning up on it. Thank you, Drew. You're welcome. <laughs> What's up, y'all? This is Curtis. Uh, I'm sharing a mic with Tom, so we just got pretty close. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Twitter handle is Existential Romeo. Uh, as well as the IG existential Romeo. There's a train going by. If there's, <laughs> if, there's a, if there's a train whistle, Steve's, do me a favor and hit the mute button. Uh, I do live near train tracks. Sorry. <laughs> if, 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 the tra if the train comes by or the baby starts crying, hit the mute button. And uh, I just got Kanye oh, Wested by a train. <laughs> I'll let you finish. Dumb and gold. The finish. train's going to let me finish, but the train had the best uh, interruption of all time. Uh, anyway, I'm uh, currently reading, actually, uh, Infinite Crisis um, right now. Actually, no, excuse me, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, just going back to that one. Um, I'm, a, I'm a DCM Marvel guy, kind of hybrid back and forth, but um, right now... 
Marvel's winning with the new cap, and I'm sure we'll get into that in a little bit. Thank you. <laughs> that, that was Jamie making the noise. We'll and that was the Steves. They don't know our voices yet. We need to. <laughs> They'll get to know. They'll get to know. They'll see the voice that they like, and they'll hear the voice that they like. And damn it, Drew's okay. going now. Drew's, Drew's going now. I'm Drew. Uh, I you can find me on Twitter at DrewJMC. Drew J M C. Same as Instagram. Uh, I have been reading comics more in the last few years. Uh, used to read them as a kid, uh, but gave up. Mostly got back on reading DC titles. Big into Green Lantern at first. And then uh, started reading more Marvel again, and now I'm going back toward Marvel. Uh, New 52's kind of lost me. Uh, big on Spider-Man and the X titles. Uh, and that's it. Uh, I'm not bringing much to the podcast besides some random knowledge of movies and comic books and whatever I can fill in. Because that's not important at all. And he provides us with a lot of our comics, so we... Uh... Mm-hmm. We wanted him to be around for this. There you, you get go. that box, baby. My name is David Barry, otherwise known as David Barry. Um, oh. My <laughs> Twitter is at drberry. I'm not a doctor. I-E. Contrary to popular belief. B A R R I E. My Instagram's the same at drberry. D R B A R R I E. Dr. Barry. Uh, Facebook, David Barry, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> so, as far as. Uh, what I bring to the table, um, I have been reading comic books since I was a kid. Um, earliest stuff I have is uh, Spider-Man, courtesy of uh, one Todd McFarlane. Uh, first comic collection I ever started was Spawn, courtesy of Image, Image Comics. I'm now 14 comics shy of having every single one. Um, I am the more comic heavy side, even though I love the movies, uh, everything that's come out, Marvel, DC... I've been all about it, but my forte is in comic books, specifically Marvel, but I'm also the independent guy. I'm in the Image and Dark Horse and Boom Comics, and I'm pulling more from that. Um, Right now, I'm in the process of uh, catching up in Hellboy. That's what I've started reading recently. Uh, My monthly titles tend to include uh, Peter Panzerfaust, East of West, Saga, like I said, a lot of Image Mm -hmm. titles. Um... Manhattan Projects and Fatal are two big ones I'm catching up on, courtesy of Ed Brubaker, uh, writer of Fatal, who also wrote Captain America, The Winter Soldier, who we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Um, so basically, that's, that's everybody. Everyone's got some focus in comics somewhere, um, whether it's you know very heavy like me and Drew or next to nothing like Anthony and Steve's. <laughs> but we all bring something to <laughs> the movies. T- <laughs> movies. In movies. Movies is his forte. Anthony is an amateur actor. Um, and he would probably love to be cast as the, the no-name who plays the next Bruce Wayne. Yes. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, please. So, oh, Thomas Wayne. Oh, you know, no, oh, oh, ouch. Tom, Tom just Wayne suggested you should, be Tom, point, you should be Thomas Wayne. That means you're going to be Yeah, old. Flashpoint Thomas Wayne. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, fair enough. That's pretty good. DC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Steve. So what we're going to do, we're going to go around and uh, Jamie, explain what we're doing. Um, are we going to do a superhero thing? Yes. Favorite superhero? We're going to do our favorite superhero, why they're our favorite superhero, and... A little cherry on the top, if you could have a have a, a superpower or be a superhero, which one you would be? 
And so why? this is like a four-part thing. Because yeah, this is tough. <laughs> this, is, this is a short essay. If it takes you more short than 30 essay. seconds, you're doing it wrong. It's too wondering. <laughs> All right, let's... Uh, My dog ate it. More than 30 seconds. Let's start, with, let's start with Tom. <laughs> Me? It yeah, won't take Tom, Tom that long. We're doing, doing age before beauty? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you could say, so my favorite, uh, superhero, uh, you know, everyone says like, he's not a superhero, no superpowers, Batman, obviously he's the poster boy for DC and everything like that. To be fair, Tom, you're on a comic podcast no one's going to say, oh, Batman's not a superhero. Mm, I don't know. I'm just saying. Anyways, so I mean, I really like the whole. Um, don't fix your hair. Nobody can why? see. Why? No, that's why I do how I think. I specifically <laughs> shaved for this podcast. I have like a unicorn hairstyle, guys. So if you guys are wondering, like how that works, a mythical beast. Um, um, but I guess so. Uh, next part of the question would be: If I have a superpower, what would it be? Uh, I think to me, the most useful, logical one would be super speed. Just because, you know, the way that, I guess, the Flash and Quicksilver use it. You know, they can run up buildings and run across water. Like, you don't really need to fly when you can kind of just defy gravity anyways. Um, plus, also, you know, we're in a, in a real-world kind of perspective. We're always late on something. If we had the chance to be faster, then I guess we would do that. And, you know, increasing the speed in terms of force, you know, it makes you already big... Uh, hitter to begin with. Anyways. Well, it's true. You can just use in your body weight. You can be slamming into someone. But also at the same time, someone, you know, freezes you in a block of ice, Superman can break out with his strength. You just mop vibrant Or if you're the Flash, you're really good. You could just phase out. That's what I just... I yeah, was so going to your point, it might be. Tom. I'm just saying. I was like... Yeah. At the end of the day, if a punch hits you at 5,000 miles an hour, it hurts. Yeah, it might it break your, your hand face. as well as, you know, who you're breaking. But. Just need to get a frictionless suit. That would be the tough part. Yeah. Get into a ring. Um, and if I could be any type of superhero, uh, I have no idea. All of them are so tragic, you know what I'm saying? You like, just said your superpower, so you'd probably be the Flash. Or like, Quicksilver. Yeah, you'd be the Flash. You can't make two points. Yeah, it was one or the other. You can say what superpower you would have. But it couldn't be the Dark Crusader, but super speed, you know what I'm saying? No, I guess not. The Dark Blur. <laughs> the Dark Blur. <laughs> the Dark and Yellow Blur. The Black Streak. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all right. The black streak. Moving right. on. All right, kicking me off stage. Curtis, what have you got? Uh, let's see. If it was, uh, what superhero uh, would I be? Well, versus who's your favorite? Favorite superhero? Um, would be Batman as well. Um, you know, again, just because he's so methodical, and even Superman said he's the most dangerous man on the planet. So I think that says a lot. Um. As far as like superpower, um, gosh, I don't. There's really not. <laughs> I guess going along with the Batman thing, like I probably just want peak physical condition, which is not really a superpower. Well, for someone like me that doesn't exercise as much as I should, maybe it is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd, pro- I'd probably just go with that and genius level intellect. Oh, again, not a superpower, but um, an attribute that um, some of my favorite superheroes have. So. So you'd be Batman. I yeah, either I'd probably I'd be either Batman or Red Hood. Oh um, yeah, because Red Hood's another one of my favorites. But he's uh, very lethal and gave Batman a run for his money a lot of times, being that Batman trained him. So yeah, probably one of the two, either Red Hood or Batman. Mm-hmm. Everyone likes Todd. No, one, no. One. <laughs> you know, in the eighties, no one. Oh no, that's why they, they beat him with a crowbar and <laughs> yeah. blew him the hell up. I would have been the Joker same. just speaks for the humans, right? Yeah, just beats him with the crowbar. Pretty much. That's what we all want to do. Breaking the fourth wall is what the Joker does. Alright, Jamie. Alright, I'm up. Answer your own question. I have about um, <laughs> about fifteen Superman shirts. You know? 
one of them. That's my uh, that's my favorite superhero. You like Cyclops. Another Batman. Really side. Scott Summers. Yeah, yeah. I'm really a big Wonder Woman fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's not? But for yeah. way different, inappropriate reasons. <laughs> <laughs> touch on here. Uh, Superman, I really like. You know, it's something that I grew up with. One of my first uh, little videos, VHSs that I got was a Superman serial cartoon from the '40s. When Superman called everyone Japs and it was totally okay. Oh wow! Yeah, it was something. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting. Um, and he always strives to do the right thing. I know a lot of the DC characters and everything do always strive to do the right thing. Like calling people Japs, apparently. <laughs> Not in the forties. Oh, okay, okay. Today's Superman is fa- you know he has have all that correct. power. Yeah. he's very politically. At correct. the time, at the time, yeah. we wanted him to say that. Mm-hmm. He's a good old boy, but he's definitely a. Uh, you know, he has more power than any other superhero and uh, has the, you know, the ability to really do anything he wants, but he still manages to save as many people as possible or many things as possible. Uh, I don't know what I'm looking at right Jason now. Jason Todd. Oh, there you yeah, go. Red, Red Hood. Hood. Gotcha. Red Hood. Yeah. Uh, if I could have a superpower, it would... Rewind that one. It would be uh, probably to have a Green Lantern ring. Ooh. Because that is <laughs> that just is Green Lantern. I mean, Green Lantern, Flash, Batman. Um, yeah, those are all <laughs> tied for second of my favorite superheroes. Green Lantern, being a Green Lantern is one of those things that because the universe is so huge and basically infinite in size, I, in my head, can say, you know what, there's probably out there somewhere a Green Lantern civilization. And the possibility, there is a possibility somewhere out there that I could end up with a Green Lantern ring on my finger. And have all those powers. And your imagination is basically your only limit. Exactly. And I don't have, I have a yeah, scary imagination. Now you just got to find someone dying to give yeah. you a find a purple alien. That would be a dream to find through. a dying alien in my backyard. <laughs> and trust the power of my galaxy in, uh, on my hand. Or on the, on the, so the universe your favorite, I'm surprised your favorite comic right now isn't the Superman Lantern series where he is Superman read. with the fucking green. No, I haven't even read that one now. What? Catch up. Superman bro. with the lantern ring? Supergirl has a red lantern ring. No way. I don't think Superman is a ring. Yeah. Breaking the ring. Right well, they gave him one. I just bought one. Oh. Yeah. Right now? Mm-hmm. New, new 52. It's new 52. I haven't been reading for yeah. two months. Basically, if you if you multiply new 52 by the number of issues that are currently out, you're basically looking at thousands of comics that you need to catch up on if you have not <laughs> yeah, been following oh, new 52. Small fortune. Small yeah, small fortune. Yeah. Um, or a good torrent website. Yeah, a good torrent website. <laughs> and uh, Steve. Edit that out. Edit that out. <laughs> we are not pirates. Steve, what do you... Uh... Uh, okay. This is a tough one. <laughs> Let me guess, Batman? Uh, cause, uh, well, like I said earlier, I grew up on both Batman and Superman. They're the ones I pe- mainly paid attention to. If I had to pick one right now, I'm I'm going to follow the trend. I would go Batman. Yeah. Um, there's just Sorry. something, as much as I love Superman, which I do, there's something about the human who has no powers and all he has is his mind and whatever physical strength he can muster, he tried to clean up the city. And billions of dollars. dollars. Endless resources and the ego the size of Wayne Towers, people. (laughs) I do like him. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, if I had to, I would go Batman, yeah. All right, how how about a a power that you would have? If I had to choose a superpower, I would go the route of Wolverine with the healing. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. That is a great one. 
I can always work out. I can always do <laughs> martial arts, but I want to be able to heal. And then you wouldn't be sore the next day, right? Which is rad. Yeah, his body is fantastic. But my question really quick about that is if you healed like, really quickly, your muscles would really never develop, right? Because Oh, no, you could get ripped fast. You can get ripped fast. Yeah. I guess you could. You'd probably get ripped, ripped in a week. Yeah. That'd be sweet. No longer need whey protein. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. that powdered chunk out of your mixer. Um, all right, I guess it's coming to me. And the whey protein. And the whey protein. <laughs> back to back to David Barry. Uh, let's talk favorite superhero, hands down, the uh, the people's choice, and that would be Captain America. Uh, the original super soldier, the symbol of our country's greatness during the greatest generation. Uh, Captain Steve Rogers. Uh, who Man, getting deep. Yeah, who basically <laughs> defines... The uh, the American dream, you know, the scrawny kid coming out of out of New York wanting to serve his country and then being given that chance and does it with the utmost valor and honor, uh, and never never shies away from his ideals. Glory, uh, glory, hallelujah! <laughs> you had your time. <laughs> you had your time. This is David's time right now, Anthony. Well, thank you. No, I appreciate. I, I really, I really wish I had American flag waving behind me as I started singing that. Uh, but no, Captain. Amer I've always loved Captain America. There's always been something about him where he's. It's not. It's not that he's corny. It's not that he's. You know. It. it he. It's not that he's naive. He. He. He sticks to his guns in a big way. Um, and he really is similar to Batman. You know, he was given a super soldier serum, but that super soldier serum didn't make him beyond human abilities. He he is the peak physical uh, specimen that a human could be. Another human could attain that. Um, so it's really what he does with it, and that's what makes him uh, so great. Um, as far as a superpower, I would definitely take super uh, intelligence. Um, because you could basically develop the rest of it. You could, if you're super smart, you can develop the technology to get the funds to do whatever you want. You could make the robotic suit that runs super fast. You can make the robotic suit that's super strong. You can make the jetpack that flies. Uh, you could, in theory, create a Oa and a Green Lantern ring if you wanted to, if you have the super intellect. Um, so I would say that just because it's kind of like, you know, the genie wishing for more wishes. It's kind of the cop-out. So that's me. Go, Drew. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. <clears throat> I've been trying to think. Um, <laughs> Super I intelligence. Ha I don't have a set one. It used to be Green Lantern. Not so much anymore. Um, something about uh, Havoc, Alex Summers, that I liked. Uh, costume's pretty cool. Leader of the Uncanny Avengers. Yep, leader of the Uncanny Avengers now. Uh, I remember back in X Factor liking him. He was the younger brother. I was the younger brother, so Connected. that kind of always appealed to me. Uh, and the plasma blast thing—I never really understood. But well, and, let's, and let's be serious, Scott Summer sucks. It's true. He's a douche. Like wow. most other brothers. Yeah, we're we're talking to you. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you're whatever. Uh, and superpower, I think I would go the cheap route and do telekinesis. Uh, yeah. Because I would like to fly, and I can just lift myself up and go flying. So, nice. Yep, that's it, kids. Right. Telekinesis, uh, gravity. Now we gotta draw. Huh? You can telekinesis. Telekinesis. Did you say telekinesis? I've, I've already been in one comic book. I don't think. Well, I mean, like now there's. Kinesis, kinesis, kinesis. Kinesis, kinesis, kinesis. All right. So, uh, recently, uh, man, as 
recently, I mean a couple days ago. Uh, <laughs> like all of us. Four days ago. All of the Capeless Crusaders went and saw uh, Marvel's newest production. Except for Tom. Well, I saw it. Yes. I finally no. saw it. Tom oh, saw it. Tom no. Saw it. Yeah. Have, have you only seen it once, though? So, Ooh. So, so basically, I saw it twice. <laughs> you saw it twice. Yeah, yeah. The, the, <laughs> night, the night before it premiered, we went to the 815 showing, and then the next day I took Tom to the 840 showing. You're so sweet. <laughs> he brought me flowers. <laughs> it was lovely. Uh, so Captain America, The Winter Soldier, which what? is Marvel's latest uh, film experience. Um, Drew's got some facts here that I think mm. he wants to drop. Oh, I, I don't need to right now. Well, but what, what, do you, what do you got? Well, I'm looking at, I was looking at, I was curious about the box office opening weekend. Um, first night, or the... Thursday night, it made $10 million, which is pretty awesome for pre-night. That's good. Uh, opening weekend was $96 million. Uh, the first Captain America was $65 million, So it outdid Damn. that one. And, and, and I believe Thor 2, right? I hope so. Well, but I believe it also uh, un- unseated the previous April uh, opening oh, yeah. winner, which, which would hurt you, Steve. Yep. It, it definitely uh, dismantled Fast Five. As far as Son of a beat. <laughs> 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 you lose. Uh, but yeah, so. Uh, and it, I wanted to see what it did or compared to Avengers, uh, but Avengers had $207 million its opening weekend, so. Worldwide, though, right? Yeah. Oh. Domestically, $207 million? Didn't it have the biggest opening weekend? Yeah, that's domestic. Jeez. That was domestic. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I made sure when I looked deal. up my numbers. Yeah. That's yeah. Amazing. The one from like, the Huffington Post. No, uh, my source just decided it was Box Office Mojo. So good choice. Yep. Yeah. And that's a Steve's solid numbers. So I thought that's pretty crazy. Yeah. So Captain America: The Winter Soldier, of course, based on Ed Brubaker's run in Captain America, which many comic book nerds will agree is possibly one of the greatest Cap runs we've gotten in a while. Uh, Ed Brubaker brought in the the espionage and the spy aspect to Captain America being being less about fighting crime and more about being involved in S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, more of a political thriller, if you will. Um, which, heads up, if you're listening to this, spoiler alerts, because we're going to be talking about the whole <laughs> movie. Uh, so watch out. If you haven't seen it yet, you're stupid. Uh, like, comment, subscribe. First of all. <laughs> like, comment, subscribe. You're stupid. Ha- hashtag you're stupid. It's Captain America Winter Soldier. Um, so first off, thoughts. What did everybody think? I don't. I don't think there's one amongst us who was upset in any mm-hmm. way. So you, every like uh, like I said earlier, everyone watched it before I did, and uh, I, it was everyone was like, "Oh, it was the best thing ever. It was a lot better than you know all the other Marvel movies and everything." So I had a big. Uh, I was pretty hyped up to go watch it. Uh, I wouldn't say I didn't meet expectations. I say I would meet expectations like just well, just because I think it was. Uh, it was a great. It was a good film. Um, it had a lot of personal development or character development which I think is what really defines a film um, I think that we're, is a I think that's what really makes Marvel films uh, stand out pretty much uh, in our modern world today is that they're able to connect to an audience and still convey a really good theme which connects back to the comic books because if you watch you you know pretty much still trying to fight just for the American freedom which is I think I mean a relevant relevant theme nowadays with uh, the whole you know giving up your freedom for security kind of thing so I think that's what made it a true success was that it was relevant for us in you know modern day America as well it still stayed true to most of the source material and uh, you know there was a, like I said my, my main thing is a character development yeah oh, speech. I thought it was pretty killer <laughs> I thought, uh, the, the big thing that, w- that you and I talked about is comparing the fight scenes 
mm-hmm. and was really even though you know Man of Steel had the visually impressive fight scenes between him and and uh, AOR, when they oh. smashed the crap out of a little town. Um, it really just pound for pound. The, the Winter Soldier had some of the best technical choreography I've seen in oh, a really long yeah. time. It was like watching the Born Identity Whew. with Captain America. Yeah, yeah. And that brings back the whole espionage thing. Yeah, yeah the espionage and the, and the super soldier and definitely the, the being trained in hand-to-hand combat. Um, and that's it's, it was cool because we also saw this development in Cap, you know, in, in the... More than just a shield. In the, in the, in the movie, he was... In the, uh, the first movie, the first Avenger, he was... You know, he'd never been strong before. He never had muscles. So him learning how to fight was really just him throwing himself at whatever he could hit, using the shield and leading. It wasn't really technical. I mean, he learned to throw the shield and bounce it back to him. We see in the first 10 minutes of Winter Soldier that he's aced his fighting style. He, You know, he's taking guys out, choking them out in 10 seconds, <clears throat> knocking them off the boat, taking out three guys simultaneously. Seems like he... Like he you know, now that he's with Shield after Shield is formed, he's gone through some of that formal Shield agent training, that combat training, and it really showed in the movie. Um, you know, the different techniques and things that he was using. And I think the the first major fight scene that he had with Batroc was was great to really showcase that uh, one that they got uh, you know an MMA fighter to go you know toe to toe with Chris Evans, and then gave him great choreography and moves. I think it really showcased and was really convincing how much Cap had developed. Um, as a soldier and as a modern day agent, um, that was really, really fun to see. Uh, you know, to see him actually use like, I don't know, his feet when he fought. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. cool. That was yeah. cool, yeah. yeah. And stuff. Rather, Saw a little boy tie in there. Yeah. You know, it was it, it was good. They really spiced that up and gave us gave us something visually tantalizing. Mm-hmm. Even at the ending fight when he's fighting the winter soldier, he used his feet and put him in a hole. So I was like, that was pretty Oh yeah. Cool. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Put him in an arm bar. Yeah, yeah. And broke yeah. his metal yeah. arm. Pins down yeah. the metal arm. Yeah. In the legs, it was it was really was sick. impressive, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's part of the reason why it because there I I get mixed results about the first Captain America, which I personally loved because yeah. I love everything Marvel has ever done. But um, <laughs> but I'm also I you know the because I we watched the uh, assembly of the Marvel Universe and one of the things they talked about was um, the fact that Captain America was kind of a gamble because in order to do his intro right, you had to put it in World War II. It was a period film, but it had to be a period yeah. modern action film. Right. Um, and they, to do that, you know, was impressive. And that's why some people were like, oh, you know, it's a World War II movie. It's almost like, you, know, you don't you don't compare Captain America to Saving Private Ryan. It's it's not the same thing. It's it's a superhero movie based in World War II. Exactly. Um, and I think, but this one gave people the, the modern Captain America they wanted to see um, and did it really well. Had darker elements than the other movies it had um, and definitely kind of showed the the corruption that tends to run rampant through the Marvel Universe um, as we find in all the stories we read Civil War Secret Invasion uh, Fear Itself you know we find these these snakes in the garden as if, if you will um, who end up turning the universe on its head and I thought they did that pretty well especially with Robert Redford I'm like oh, oh yeah, he did. Robert Redford <laughs> Oh, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steve's. I didn't realize you were still there. What did you think of it? Steve's actually took his his newborn, and uh, apparently the kid was uh, a star. Two months, three months. Yeah, yeah. How far along? He is. No, he's seven months right now. Oh, way uh, off. It's been a while. Yeah. I said newborn. <laughs> didn't make a sound until two minutes left, where he made a few goo goo sounds, and. 
the older couple in front of us turned around, looked at us, and said, "We had no idea a baby was here." He said, hey, <laughs> nice. He's my son. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Regarding this, I, like Iron Man was the only Marvel movie or character mm-hmm. that I'd seen in theaters. The others we saw on DVD. Uh, going into this, I believe that the Winter Soldier is the best movie Marvel put out. Um, all around with story and delivery. Uh, with the Avengers, which is the biggest moneymaker, and everyone loves the Avengers, of course, you only needed a certain amount of story because all anybody wanted was to see these four get together and battle. That's what you wanted in Avengers. So that's what you got. That's the only story you needed. With Captain America, the story was com- complex. The characters were well-written out. The acting was great on all characters. I mean, and Redford, come on. Yeah. As a bad guy, Redford's amazing. Um, overall, it's the it's my favorite story that Marvel has put out in a film. It, I loved it. Well, and, and I really I feel like Phase Two is what Marvel Studios calls everything post Avengers. Phase One was everything up till yeah. the Avengers. Phase Two is everything after until the next Avengers. And it was really Iron Man Three, which there is a mixed a mixed uh, a crowd in here. It they they had it tough because they were the first movie to come out after the Avengers, where mm-hmm. it's basically we brought this team together. Now we need to put them back into their own stories. And the reason why, like, they would not be with them anymore. Exactly. Um, and it, Tough. It, it turned more, it turned from big battles to, to character development. Because that's really what, well, that's, that was their goal, even if you didn't necessarily think they completed it, Tom. Um, I liked Iron Man 3. I liked Iron oh, Man no, 3, no, too. No, 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 but no, we're no. not going to, that's, no, we're going to table that discussion. We're talking <laughs> well, stop, about I'm sorry, America. I'm sorry. No. I, Captain I, America 2 is a lot better than that. Oh yeah, but, but Cap- Captain America, it had the. I mean, at the same time, it's they they did a good job of making it, making it fantastic stories that could still be, you know, could still answer the question of why isn't Hulk and Iron Man and Cap and Thor all together right now? Like, why aren't they all here? You know, same goes with with Thor: The Dark World. It was you know Thor: The Dark World. They were only on planet for a little while. Um, Iron Man. It was very political, making it seem like it was a terrorist. And then Captain America, again, it, you know, the world didn't know anything was happening until the helicarriers went up for two minutes and then came down. Right. Um, so that's the way they can kind of make it seem like, okay, this isn't an alien portal opening up in the sky, and where the hell are all these heroes? Although, I would have to say, the one thing I don't know is Steve maybe was talking to you about this, um, but Marvel has a, this little show out there called Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. and How's in the movie, um, S.H.I.E.L.D. is put to bed. Spoilers. So yeah, we already said. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we seen we seen the preview for the next episode, which is apparently supposed to happen right after the Winter Soldier. Yeah, right? I, now up- forgive me, I I have been watching Age of Shield, but I did learn that all the episodes that led up they actually lead up to Winter Soldier. So like the last episode of Age of Shield went into what Winter Soldier was about, and then from here on out, we deal with what happens after Winter Soldier. I believe that's what's going on. That's what I've heard. Yep. Yep. Basically, there was some kind of um, spy in the ranks of the uh, team that Agent Coulson has put together, Um, and somebody within S.H.I.E.L.D. is giving away S.H.I.E.L.D. secrets Mm -hmm. to the clairvoyant, whoever the clairvoyant may be. Curtis and I have some ideas. We're not sure yet. Um, But yeah, they they said somebody at S.H.I.E.L.D. with certain uh, clearance is giving away S.H.I.E.L.D. secrets. So in Mm. Captain America, we found out that it's Agent Sitwell. That's his name? Yes. Yes, he is part of Hydra. Jasper Sitwell. Jasper Sitwell. Yep, he is Hydra. I cannot say that word. Hydra. 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 Uh, 
and he is water yes please <laughs> um, but yeah so it's all tying together in the marvel universe yeah i think it's fantastic and that's that that's the thing that that dc needs to figure out and because that's because the problem the problem with dc is that they've the dark knight trilogy boss some of the greatest comic book movies boss. that have ever been made problem is they were in a bubble you know they were in, an, in yep. a they were in a bubble they they no no one never said that he was he was ever going to bring christian bale back into the the universe recasted batman with ben affleck and up until that dc movies you know we, we've had to do what you know 16 different batman movies and you know maybe four of them have been good we've had to do you know three dozen superman movies and maybe like three of them have been good Two. But the the problem the problem that DC has is Marvel Marvel has set the bar so high with integrating their universe with their movies mm -hmm. with their Netflix shows and DC has the chance. But here's the here's the whole big problem with that is DC unfortunately isn't making those decisions. Warner Brothers is Warner Brothers is and Warner Brothers doesn't really care what these movies do because they have whatever franchises they need to make whatever money they need them to They're pay. still making well, millions on Harry Potter. Well, on a film standpoint, so I know we're all trying to go to the audience. Time out. The Here comes I'm just the saying, I'm just saying, because, you know, in, a, in an audience that is not familiar with the comic books or everything like that, if you looked at every single Iron Man movie, they always played off what happened previously or what happens in the comic books. So if you were not familiar with it all, you'd be completely lost. Because I remember taking my mom, she was like, who the heck is Samuel Jackson doing? And I was like, oh, you didn't watch what happened at the end, did you? You don't know who this character is. The thing is, with Marvel and their direction that you have to kind of be on top of all these different, you know, mediums. So Netflix, TV shows and all that stuff. If you missed one, you missed out on all of them. Because I don't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I just read what's going on in it. Um, but the thing with the DC films, they all pretty much stand alone. And which I think is good in a terms of if you want to see an art piece that's a medium on film, that's good. That's why I felt like at least Captain America was a good film because it could stand alone. If you didn't have any prior knowledge of the story of Captain America, it was still really well done. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think that makes a good film versus a good comic book film. Obviously, we could see that Marvel I think... Is... Uh... Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. No, no, no. no. There, there's, a f there's a fear there because, again, like David was saying, Marvel did amazing planning their films. And I'm a DC, I'm a Batman Superman fan, but Marvel, they like had this plan set and they are firing on all cylinders right now. They're issuing phase one, Avengers comes out. Phase two going, you know, movie after movie for the next Avengers film. And again, Dark Knight Trilogy, like greatest set of films made, but it is in its own world. And there is a fear out there with, you know, Batman and Superman of knowing where... If they can continue with these movies, is you know is Ben Affleck gonna get too old for the Batman character? Are they putting too many characters in the next film to try to force it down? There's a worry there where Marvel is just on fire with what they're doing. Yeah, I mean they've established a lot in their phase one, and I mean it's just if you want to look at it as you know, sadly they are competing for like the best comic book movie, you know Warner and Disney and everything like that. But if you kind of just look at it piece by piece by itself, then you know, you're still kind of happy with what DC is doing at least. I mean, with the TV shows, what they're trying to do nowadays, you know, with the Flash and the Arrow and everything like that, it's still pretty good ground. At least I felt like with at least the animated films they've done, they've always had their really good animated films True. for DC. Like mm -hmm. Marvel films are like, eh, whatever. Yeah. They're kind of passive and you really can't, you know, really don't care about them. I remember looking, scrolling through Netflix and I was like, oh, I guess they had one come out. I'm not going to watch it. So... DC animated universe is great. 
But uh, as far what were we even talking about? And the about? games I mean, are strong. Well, too. here's the, the video I mean, games are strong. The video game, well, ba- again, Batman. Yep. Poster it, boy, baby. That's poster yeah, boy. Well, that's their poster boy. Um, but they have such a. The problem is that Marvel has one team working on everything, and yeah. when you have the when you have Warner Brothers executives thinking that they know best that they don't know jack shit. You get kind of a, a universe that doesn't really make sense. You say, oh, well, I thought that Superman was this way, or I thought that Batman was this way, or I thought this person played this character. And they just, they don't have a, a set plan together. And they may now, now that Man of Steel is kind of off the ground and they've got this new one coming out. Um, Honestly, D- DC needs what Marvel got. D- Marvel got- a lot of hands. Marvel took a gamble and made Marvel Studios, and it paid off in a big way. You, know, they're, they're, yep. you, you talk about comic book fans going to movies, but you also talk about movie fans going to comic books. Yeah. Uh, Ed Brubaker just tweeted the other day, just saw you know just saw the sales of the Winter Soldier trade on Amazon after that movie came out. Within three days, that book was moving, and it was it was obviously comic book fans have been all about it before, but it's really Marvel's success has really brought in because everything they did was gamble. DC needs. A DC studio. They need to be able to take the reins and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is who we want to play this. Because Someone like Jeff Johns as a head producer or something like that. You get Jim on. Lee on an art department. You know what I mean? It's like they have huge names and extremely talented people. And it's just, uh, yeah, they need to get them all. Kind of going to waste. And, and Warner Brothers needs to give them creative license to yeah. do that. We can start it, guys. We can, we can just do it right now, guys. We're just going to do DC Studios. DC Studios? Yeah, we can do it, man. I'm, just, I'm Batman. I can I'm direct Batman. it. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's calls Batman. Affleck's out. <laughs> to be fair, I don't care. So. <laughs> we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how, how, they, how they go about resolving it and how DC moves forward. Because it was true. Marvel took a big gamble. And, I mean, really, if you look at Iron Man and how, how it developed, even how they talked about it in the Assemble the, the Universe uh, documentary... It was like they made a big budget independent movie, you know, and a lot of people took a lot of risks, you know, and and, and like you said, it did pay off huge. And uh, it's going to come down to Warner Brothers or DC, you know, whoever decides to A, step up or B, open up the gate and invite them to say, OK, look, we're going to have to we're going to have to do the same thing. It, it, it feels a little rushed now, you know, yeah. that they're trying to, you know, kind of cram you know, uh, you know. Here, let's bring Superman in. I feel like because he, I mean, Batman, because he's he's had all the success when Pushing it comes boy. to our movies. And let's 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 get Wonder Woman in to bring in. You know, really to start reining, ring, uh, tying in some of the people for the Justice League Trendy. movie. And it just feels a little rushed. So they're gonna if if they're gonna go about it that way, they're gonna have to do it very very extremely well, better than they've ever done anything, better than they've done the Batman movies. Because if they don't, I feel like if they don't do it as well as they did the Batman movies then they're relying on Batman being in the movie to carry it. And you can't do it at this point to bring in all of the Justice League. You have to do it right. You have to be very strategic. I mean, you need time. Like you're just saying, like, it's, so, it's so rushed. that we, we, had, we had several Iron Man movies, a Hulk movie before <clears throat> it was even... Four, Spider-Man. Like, right. you were in the universe. And exactly. it built anticipation. Yeah. You well, know, and now it's like, I, I think we're building, <laughs> you know, more anticipation for it than they are. We're telling them that we want it more than they're making us want it. And that's, I don't know how that's going to pay off. Well, I think, I think uh, <laughs> damn it, Steve, just go. Go, Jamie. My bad. Jamie, he go. He can't see that you're trying to. Um, you go ahead. Um, I think that's why Warner Brothers is not going to let go of Christopher Nolan. They are going to hang on to him as much as they can. Mm-hmm. He brought Batman from the depths of Batman and Robin. Um, 
resurrected Batman. He helped out in the story of Man of Steel and produced it. Uh, they're going to have Christopher Nolan with his hands in there as much as they can. And Nolan, hopefully, as someone who's devoted to uh, the comic books that exist, maybe he can be the one that DC needs to resurrect the story and get it going. I would definitely agree to that. I think um, my, one of my points was going to be that I think DC is always open to a little bit more scrutiny because before Marvel's Phase 1 and into Phase 2, how much of Thor did the American people know? How much did, of Iron Man did the general American public really know about? They probably didn't even realize he was a comic book character, most people. But if you say Superman... Batman, Wonder Woman, every person on the planet Earth knows who those three characters are. And it's opened a huge scrutiny across, across the, the, the country where someone like Captain America, everyone knows. I love the first Captain America movie. Obviously, the second one was even better. But um, I think they, were able, they have been able to build a following without having any preconceived notions about what these characters are supposed to be about that has made them so successful going into, into the box office world. Well, I feel like DC has a chance because we're looking at Chris Evans has three more movies. So we're looking at uh, another Avengers, another Captain America. Avengers. Yeah. He had, he had a six-movie deal total. Um, so we're looking at Chris Evans soon to be leaving. We're looking at Robert Downey Jr. soon to be leaving. And the problem is if DC rushes into it, um, people are gonna, you know, not want to really go to that. But if they do it right and Marvel does it wrong, trying to switch out, sw- um, swap out these characters, um, it could be disastrous. It could be fantastic for DC because the thing we with, with with the Winter Soldier, what they've set up, Brock Rumlow, who is the leader of, of, of Strike, yeah. yeah, who got burned up but then lives in the end. Brock Rumlow, if you're a comic book fan, is of course known as Crossbones. Crossbones being the expert hand-to-hand combat and expert sniper who, in the death of Captain America, snipes Captain America. However, does not kill Captain America because another no one character... Ever does. Another, no, another character we were introduced to, which was Agent 13, a.k.a. Sharon Carter, brainwashed by the Red Skull in the comic books, then shoots him point-blank um, during the chaos of the sniper because Captain America can survive a sniper, but he can't shoot, survive being shot point-blank. And did you, when you saw it again at the end when she's shooting at the range, does the, the little dummy have a star in his chest that she's shooting? Um, I didn't actually get a chance. Cause it, but, but when she shoots, it's already it's, it's already, already blown up. Blown up. Yeah. Standardly, I think they tend to have one, though, yeah. uh, which is kind of, uh, for, again, foreshadowing. Right. Um, and again, because if they, if they want to do this, who knows if after Chris Evans is done, once Chris Evans leaves... Are they going to do the death of Captain America, where Bucky Barnes, a.k.a. the Winter Soldier, takes up the mantle? That'd be awesome. And again... Character development, baby. Exactly, character development. Are people going to... Because Sebastian Stan has signed on for more movies than Chris Evans is. So the problem... But again, the problem we run into is, are people going to take that? Is that going to be the ultimate time for DC to strike with a fantastic blockbuster? Because people are going to be like, Chris Evans is gone. Isn't it by that time they're going to be changing from Iron Man being the poster boy to being Doctor Strange? Doctor Strange is supposedly going to be the the, the, front glue, runner, the right? glue of the Marvel. Yeah, universe. so I mean, that's like, going to be a really big risk. And if it's if it's John Hamm, it's going to pay off. Well, I mean, I think I don't know. I just feel like this whole idea of like DC trying to catch up or anything like that. Like, like I'm a DC guy and all that stuff. But, I mean, Marvel's already got it in the bag with everything. Like, the people are going to take it regardless because people do that wrong. don't know any idea of like the Marvel universe will be okay. I'm just going to spoon. I'm just eat everything you're going to give me. People who respect the comic books, they're going to like it no matter what as well. Yeah. But I mean. 
the whole idea of like having this race, I guess, to be have the best film. Like in the end, you know, like the whole idea of capitalism and everything like that. Like you should just see what's the best product out there. And see, I mean, like if DC can muster up a really good film, then I think that's a success, anyways. Yeah. Well, and I think I think the as long as it doesn't flop in the box. Exactly. Office. Marvel Marvel wants they want competition, just like any big company wants competition because competition breeds success. And mm-hmm. if you have you know, if, if Marvel completely decimates DC in the film universe, but then starts putting out garbage because they don't need to try anymore. Fantastic Four. Exactly. We fail. Um, well, maybe same, goes with, same goes with comic books. You know, if, if someone's dominating in the comic books and then someone else isn't giving them any, there's no, no one wants to write anything different. No one says, holy crap, are you reading the new 52? We need to come out with Marvel now. Yeah, you know, that, that, exactly. So, and I feel like also Drew, your your face. I don't have you not heard the rumors about John. I have not heard the rumors about John. Yeah. You know who John Hamm is. Yeah, right? yes, the Madman guy. Yeah. So so one John Draper as big, Doctor Strange. It's, it's again, it's so rumored. The big thing everyone everyone at first was like Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp is going to be Doctor Strange, mm. and then Johnny Depp and the studio immediately his reps and the studio immediately said no, that's not actually happening. He um, is a Disney guy though. So. It's true, but then which I would hate if he was Doctor Strange. But isn't he getting signed up for Pirates and all that stuff? So nah, it's all booked up. Who knows? But then and then but then the John Hamm rumor drops, and then there's nothing from John Hamm's camp. There's nothing from Marvel Studios denying it or approving it. So that is kind of the a lot of people are thinking, hey. who's that? You know what's going to happen there? You have the acting chops. I like to see him on the big screen for other things. Like I that. honestly I thought he was for for me he was a front runner for Bruce Wayne. And the oh, new yeah. Batman. I want. I Josh wanted. Yeah. Josh. Josh Brolin. Because because again, it's you know it's he's gonna be older at this point. It's gonna be an older Batman. I don't know if I like that though. But. Well, we'll see what we do with mm-hmm. it. I'm just kind of curious how they're. See, even even that, like it, it seems with trying to bring so many characters in that they're going towards the Justice League thing, but then making an older Batman. Yeah. It doesn't what, set that up. It it it, it, it yeah. doesn't. I don't know. I like. I'm just, no, I'm just gonna pause Unless, my comment. Wait, just so that, Steve, that was, let's listen to a Steve. That was a snort Unless we do like a first class. That was a snort of derision. That was a snort of derision. Like an X Men thing to go prequel back and then have a younger Bruce Wayne. But I don't know. Just like a older Bruce Wayne. There, just feels weird. Yeah, we'll have to figure out some way to retcon it. Yeah. Well, I think we might see some time travel in a Justice League or a, even the next Superman one. Crisis, ben, Affleck's, ben, Affleck's, ben Affleck's too old. Hurry, time travel back and get a young Bruce Wayne. <laughs> and we're good. Or an alternate universe, DC. Who said, said they were reading Infinite Crisis or Crisis on Infinite Earth? I mean, that would be insane. I mean, that would be... I'd love to see Michael Keaton, Ooh. Christian Bale, <laughs> Ben Affleck, all in different universes. I'd love, well, so much money. Reads, well, and the, and the, peop- the people who a lot of people... Um, Knocked, for example, the first Constantine movie with Keanu Reeves. I liked it. I thought it was. That's I thought good. it was decent. But what well, the thing about it is, if you if you're a big time into the story, you're like, he's, he's supposed to be British. Yeah. He's supposed to be blonde. blonde yeah. Supposed to have a trench coat. And they really they made the movie really about like uh, like Christian imagery, which he is more across oh, the board. Yeah. He yeah. has got you know Wiccan. He's got Hindu. He's got oh, this is a spirit of this origin. I know that origin. I can fight it. Right. But the the thing that they did really well with that was in the comic books they even brought it up. John Constantine is aware of the fact that there are multiple universes, multiple dimensions, and he said there's probably a John Constantine in each dimension. One of them might not even be British; might have black hair. So they basically wrote it into the like, book. Hey saying, guys, we know we this know. probably <laughs> might happen. So alternate universes is, is always an option, especially considering Earth six one six Marvel. It's you know there's there's the Marvel zombies universe. You know there's the universe where you know. Deadpool traveled to basically every universe and killed all the Avengers in every single one. So, <laughs> which is the universe that we all re- live in, actually? 
Earth Earth six one six is okay. Marvel like us like that. That is the standard Marvel universe. There's the Ultimate Universe, which I don't like to read. Um, <laughs> everyone they, dies. And stays everyone dies and they stay dead. Gosh, good. <laughs> what did the first Goodbye, thing, first thing I read? Um, I can't remember the uh, the event I read, but it's when Magneto shifts the magnetic poles of the planet, and then immediately just it floods New York City, and within ten minutes. Oh, half, that was like the end of the first Ultimates run. Yeah, half yep. half the characters are basically dead. Yep. Um, good. Yeah. No, they just, they just take everybody out. Kill them all. But you know. We'll do. We'll deal with what we have to. But the the idea of multiple universes again. The idea of multiple universes is something that's very known and understood and accepted by comic book fans. Comic book fans. You know, it's it's if if there's a one shot and everyone's like, well, that doesn't work into the story. Everyone's like, well, it's an alternate dimension. Who cares? Right. You know. But old, what's old that going to do for, for the movie goer? Because part of the part of the thing about Marvel also is their continuity. Yeah, they're loyal. You know, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like you know, I know that 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 what happened to Iron Man, you know, somehow is going to affect. You know the Avengers as a whole, Captain America. He meets, Thor. you know, he meets General Ross. That connects them. Exactly. They're talking to Nick Fury. So, so that's the so the so that's the thing that I think, you know, makes we, it difficult. Yeah, we, we've come to expect that from movies, and if not us, you know, the average moviegoer. Yeah. So when they walk in and they see that there's an old Batman, and then maybe in the next movie there's a younger Batman, it's it. it I hate to say it was probably going to look like. Dang, DC ain't got their stuff together. Yeah, they're the all over it. At the end of the day, too, Ben Affleck can play somebody that's 35 years old. Yeah. yeah if he Not a problem. 20 pounds. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, they're going to make huge. him, they're going to slim him down and make him look. Cavill played the 18 year olds himself, right? But the. Cavill and Man of Steel, he played like an 18 year old version of himself. He was all young and dumb. Yeah, and he looked true. like. He, I mean, he'll, he'll look younger. He might and, be older, as, but. As Steve says, a point. has a point. Go ahead. Yeah, and if you've if you've seen the town, Ben Affleck can slim down, get built, and look younger. So that's not if if they can. I don't like the idea of a rickety old Batman, but if they have Ben Affleck in there, he can play young and he can play fit. It's possible. Yeah, true. But that's also going to mean time travel because if if he's old and then all of a sudden he's young again in the next film, again that kind of messes with the continuity. Because let's let's face it, Marvel. Like we said, they set the president, they set the bench, and that's what people are kind of going to be looking for now. But at the same time, if you if you look at what Marvel's done, Marvel took Marvel gave you they were they call them gambles, but they were very safe. Iron Man is one of those things where Iron Man's like Batman; it could happen. You know, if a dude had enough money, he could build himself a robotic suit. You know, Hulk was a little more out there, but at the same time, it's just the standard Doctor Jackal, Mister Hyde kind of argument. Hulk also didn't do as well as the which is true. For some reason, they say they still those are bad movies. I'm like, I kind of like them. No, no, Hulk, Hulk was good. Incredible, the, Incredible Hulk was good. Yeah. The Hulk with Eric Bana was awful. Yeah. Sorry, Angley. we're not going to talk about. Sorry, Angley. Angley. Uh, not even apologize. Yeah, Angley. Apologize to me. Yeah, but so what? Joss Whedon. What Joss Whedon did when he took over, he he pushed the envelope. He said, you know, not only we're going to make the Avengers, but we're going to make it about this, you know, this god who comes and brings these aliens. And they, they made they made a comic book movie. They didn't just make an action movie with comic book undertones. They made a comic book movie. And people loved it. And that was the gamble. And people loved it. So now people are more accepting of comic book themes. People are more accepting of the out there stories. You know, the extremists, the, the, the Winter Soldier, these stories that might not have gotten picked up otherwise without the success of the Avengers. And I feel like DC, if they could ride that, if they could ride the fact that people in pop culture are ready for comic book movies, these out there stories. Mm, well, but I thought that what Man of Steel did really well was 
they made a sci-fi movie. Yeah. It wasn't so much comic book. And I think if DC can move in that direction, I really want a movie that's like a, an Inception meets a comic book movie. So it's really like mind-twisting, mind-bending, and you're leaving like, what, the, what did I just watch? And you have, you have to watch it again just to almost make sense of it in your mind because it was just mind-blowing. Well, in that same vein, you know, you saw Thor was kind of like the first one to kind of bring in that supernatural, that fantasy world kind right. of thing, which I mean, which comic books are really pretty much bred on. And, you know, the thing with those films is that, you know, they're trying to do that, I guess, with Green Lantern, you know, pretty much that's the equivalent, or that's the one they were like, oh, these they two... Tried, they tried to make it interstellar. Yeah, which, I mean, was just like the fish-out-of-water kind of comedy thing. Yeah. But, I mean, to the movie aspect, you know, if we have one of those, one of those uh, spotlights, or whatever you call it, the... the one one shots? one shots, yeah, one yeah. shots. Um, they were always talking about like speculating on like Old Man Logan and things like that. And you know, uh, the longest movie franchise we know of is 007. Those are all different stories and things like that. And we've all seen different incarnations of them. I mean, once I guess the American populace or at least the world can get used to the fact that these characters are characters and don't really focus on the actor or the face, then pretty much everyone would be ready for that. Right. That might be a different discussion. And, th- and that's going to be the, that's going to be up to the studio to make us comfortable with that because. I mean, like you said, true, there's been success with that with different franchises and Double Seven. That's that's a great example. But we're, they, it can't just be us lending to them and meeting them where they're at. They're, they're going to have to make us comfortable with, with the story that they create, and they're going to have to make us excited about it. We're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah. Who knows if DC's got what it takes right now to... To bring it all together. Watch my TV stuff. wise, they do. If you're not watching Arrow, watch Arrow. <laughs> it's good. It's real it's good. It's damn good. It's real good. Yeah. Steve, you've been watching Arrow. Uh, uh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he was just looking good for the camera. That's yeah. not here. <laughs> I have not been seeing Arrow, but uh, I've been told by you and Curtis to watch Arrow. So Jeez, I gotta work. God. First season on Netflix. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's real yep. good. It's Pound real good. Batman in it. it. Really this. <laughs> <laughs> He's real close to the game. Is Batman? Is Batman? No, in it? but I think there's some Wayne Enterprises. Yeah, Harley Quinn has made a, uh, an okay. appearance. Yep. Yeah. I'd love to see Back uh, Wayne on. Enterprises kind of bail out Queen Consolidated at some point. Yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. That'd I be mean, awesome. in depth, depth, I mean, Cord Industry. Well, that's yeah. But um, but another thing is that well, Deathstroke. Deathstroke's oh. more of like a Deadshot's Batman Robin. Villain. If you guys ever watch the games and the animated series oh. or the animated movies, like Ron Perlman voices Deathstroke oh, most of the time, and it's like I saw, I was like, oh, I, I had to. Ask. That was that was a good that was a good thing. So I guess we get, I, my favorite scene, but also it, it's not really just the scene, but it's also like the thematic element of every time the Winter Soldier made an appearance, it was almost like a classic horror film. You heard that scream, like that. There's that drop and that scream. And every time you saw him, just coming, you know, he came out from behind a car. It's out of focus, and then focuses on him. You see his face. That scream. It was just that was like, it was awesome. Like you knew the Winter Soldier was there. You know, it was it was almost like the the fairy in Legend of Zelda, but less annoying. You know, all of a sudden you know something's happening as soon as you hear that scream. Um, basically, just everything with the the Winter Soldier was awesome because he was just he he was ruthless. He he was that brainwashed. You know, in this case, Hydra, but in the case of the comic books, KGB, Super Soldier, Ultimate Assassin. Um, and the, the fight with them in the streets was mm-hmm. probably my favorite scene. When they when they duke it out, and then he finds out it's Bucky and then is arrested. I thought that was pretty, pretty top-notch. Um, I think my favorite part of the movie, or actually not, I think I know for sure, was um, when uh, Nick Fury was getting just... Destroyed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we took. He took it. Oh, dude, he took it, and, and he dished it out. But I just did not see that coming 
at all. And not only that, but what what made me like it even more is immediately after, you know, he goes and spoiler alert, spoiler alert, all over this place. We already said that, but he goes to Cap's apartment and he's waiting for him. And when he's like, you know, as he's texting on the phone to him, you know, and totally, you know, carrying on a About his wife, yeah, cover on his you know conversation because <laughs> there's ears everywhere. He says Shields have been compromised. And, you know, kind of watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we were kind of getting tidbits of that, felt, felt like stirrings of stuff was going on. But when he confirmed it like, and he told Cap, don't trust anybody, I literally, I was confused. I didn't know who could be trusted or not. Can, should he even be talking to Widow? Like, what's going on? You know, obviously Robert Redford's character is, you know, Pierce is throwing me off. You know, we, I just literally, I myself didn't know who to trust. And every time Cap started talking to someone, I was like, no, no, no. No, no, you watch, you're watching all the one shots with Sitwell, and you've seen Sitwell. You're like, Sitwell's a good guy. Like, it's Jasper Sitwell. Yeah. He's this nerdy kind of, and you're like, son of a <laughs> Even more than that, what, what, was the, what was the senator's name? Yeah. Gary Shanley? Yeah. Hail yeah. Hydra. I was like, I was whoa. Holy whoa. Holy. He is a bit, what, what is up with that Botox? Good. <laughs> 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 hard his mouth. Looks good. Looks good. Hail Hydra. Yeah, so, so that, that, that's, that kind of. Strip from when uh, Fury was getting chased and gunned down to letting Cap know don't trust anybody. That really shook me. So that was definitely my favorite. All right, let's give it to a Steve just because I don't know how much more battery my phone has. What was your favorite scene? Sorry. Uh, I actually loved the whole intro when Cap and the tag team take over the ship. Um, Every swing of that shield made me both laugh and cringe. Yeah. When yeah. the shield would hit someone in the head, like, oh my god, the yeah. guy's got to be dead. <laughs> um, and and Scarlet too, through a Black Widow, just taking those guys out with the wrench and that whole intro, all the way up to getting George Saint Pierre, and which is the MMA fighter who plays again. Um, <laughs> Spoiler was alert. outstanding. I love, I love that whole intro. Nice, nice. Me? Yeah, what do you mean, Tom? Uh, I don't know. I have to kind of take it. Mr. Filmage. I have to take it from the filmic point of view, actually. Um, filmic. 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 The, the, filmic. Yeah, it. The filmic scenic. Anyways. Um, I actually, it was actually right after that point when, um, spoilers, uh, Nick got shot. Um, <laughs> in the, shot. Got shot. Got shot in the apartment. <laughs> and uh, they're in the hospital room. Um, just mainly because they really focused on all, they focused on, um, Rhea Hill and Black Widow and Captain America and you could see them all in a three shot and they're all looking in a window and this is from the film I'm nerd out um, there you see a slight reflection of them um, back in there and that's always really like powerful in a filmic sense of you know what is reality like who can you trust and everything like that um, and then even you know the one shot of Cap where he's by himself um, you know they do a little fil film noir and that's always really good in terms of you know going back to the old Cold War kind of thing where you know you don't know what's black and white and gray anymore, and it's it's really unsettling for anyone that should watch that. They look at it again, you'll realize like there's so much inner turmoil that you know Captain America is going for, like he's working towards because he's like this relic of with this idea of patriotism when you know this new world is working and pressuring against him, and that part just kind of sold it for me at least. Um, other than the fact that they went to the Apple Store and looked up research for that, that was that was pretty cool. That was that was the funniest part. And they had that weird dude talk to him. But uh, the yeah, are weird anyway. <laughs> What's up with those guys? They're a creepy breed. Uh, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? I um, the what I really liked was the elevator scene. Uh, oh, yeah. And I, I it was oh, just 
Oh yeah. I know they teased it in the in the in the previews and everything, and I thought it was going to be a lot uh, more uh, more brief than it actually was. But Captain America is my favorite Marvel character, followed by Spider Man. But I just love again Captain America is the Superman of the Marvel of the Marvel and what he stands for. Oh. And he is not going to take some cocky son of a <laughs> coming onto an elevator with him thinking he's going to take him out. And when they kept walking on, I was like, oh, there's four or five people. And then they just kept walking on. And they kept getting on the elevator. <laughs> and he just doesn't even phase him. He's like, okay, which one of you douchebags goes down first? Yeah. And he takes them all down. Does anybody want to get off? Does anybody <laughs> want to get off first? Before we get started. Before we get started. Yeah. Does anybody want to get off? Because I will destroy it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the unshakable confidence that makes you love a character. Like, oh, yeah, definitely. I'm going to go with uh, the Armin Zola oh, when they were spoiler. on the... Yeah, spoiler again. <laughs> uh, when they're on the, yeah, they're on the base um, and they find the mm. original shield facility and then they find the secret elevator that takes them down to this old 60s, 70s style tape room. Just 200,000 feet of Armin Zola's consciousness. Yeah. And they walk up to the computer, and the little camera on top just tilts up. And I was sitting next to Curtis, and I was like, "That's the thing with the thing." And then, yeah, I couldn't think of the name right away. And then the face pops up, and I'm like, "That's the Zola character." And then I know we got teased with them in the the first movie a little bit, um, but it was just so great that they did it that way. And then how everything just—that was the scene where everything came together, where you found out what was going on. Tom, um, just so you know, in the comic book, <laughs> Armin Zola. I don't remember him. Uh, he has uh, he survived the war by having his consciousness put into a robot. So every time you see him, it's a robot walking on the green screen. You see his face. So that's why it was hinted at, like Drew said in the first one, where you first meet Zola and he's like looking through mm -hmm. like a camera, and you're like, oh, well, no, and then all of a sudden it goes to him being a real person. Same thing here. Come on, Tom, I got that. Yeah. <laughs> you get him. You get him I bet you told you yeah. at the movie. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't there. Yeah, he wasn't there. Yes, yeah, so you see him as the as the robot, which yeah. was a good. And it was good comic relief too for the time. It was just funny listening to him talk. Yeah. Well, I and the thing is, they leave the door open so that he can his consciousness could be somewhere else as well, so that he can come in later yeah. on. In theory, if he's been downloaded somewhere else. Yeah. No, I mean sure. obviously it has to be. be. All over they didn't. Yeah. They never yeah. said it was gone. So yeah. I mean, that's an opening. That's, that's well, they, really well, they could, and they the little be, USB thing. They can just yeah. put him on a flash drive now. And, oh yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Doesn't even need He's probably like one gig of data. If that. Well, I think that that can also because that also shines more towards. Again, the death of Captain America storyline, because the death of Captain America gives way to Project Rebirth, which is basically where the Red Skull wants to resurrect Captain America, remove his consciousness, put the Red Skull's consciousness inside Captain America's body, because hmm. that's what he wants, because at that point, Red Skull is just... Red Skull basically knocks Ar uh, Arnim Zola out of his machine, and that's where his consciousness is residing, because he no longer has a physical body. So you've got all the players. You've got Arnim Zola, yep. you've got Crossbones, you've got Agent 13... And all we needed is civil war or another event that would cause Captain America to be arrested. And we've got our death of Captain America. Hopefully the government doesn't look at it as like, oh, this is all parallelisms of like all the, what if, all the corruption like that's going on and all that stuff. Right? And, yeah. I'm surprised Sorry. none of us said anything about Falcon. Because I yeah, he thought was awesome. he was I, cool. I love, I love cool. Him. I love, I love On like, your left. Like, like they said in the Assembly in the Marvel Universe, it really, it was, when they interviewed the actor, he was like, you know, I'm glad that I'm... I'm a person, and then the, the 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 Falcon was like the name of the suit, yeah. and he, that kind of became his his code name. Yep. Rather than him being the Falcon from the start, rather than him wearing spandex, because <laughs> yeah, he said he was first... looking forward to his spandex. Exactly. <laughs> when they first announced the Falcon, I was really like, 
how are they going to do that? Because right. if you look at comic books, Falcon's always one of those ones where it's just kind of, he's literally just in red and white spandex with bird wings. Yeah, he's like, a very flamboyant superhero in the sense that, like, he's, he's, he's very defined by... You know what he wears and what his abilities are. Well, and he and he always he always like he never his costume kind of never really got updated. No, you know, true. He's, yeah, he's, pretty much always stayed the same. He was similar to like to like Luke Cage, where he had the little <laughs> he had the little seventies afro because you know Falcon was one of those early African American characters. Yep, was really tiara exactly that was really breaking breaking the mold and giving you know a main character the the superpowers and the focus on an African American character, and I feel like. Falcon was really the his costume never really gets updated. He's got the same costume he's been wearing since the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that was kind of cool to give him that military aspect, give him that you know the robotic suit, which explains how the hell he flies. Ultimate Falcon, yeah. Ultimate Comics, um, yeah. he has that military look. Oh, he's an agent God. of Shield, yeah. Um, which I don't read Ultimate Comics because everyone dies. So I think that about that about sums up our uh, our first episode of the the K plus Crusaders. Woo! Uh, be more organized right. going forward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it took us it took us a couple a couple months actually to get this off the ground to get a, a time where we could all record and it even involved FaceTiming with the Steves. Hi, Steves. Hi. <laughs> so I feel like uh, we, we're off to a good start, and we hope we have uh, enlightened or entertained or done whatever it is that we. We're set out to be doing with this podcast. Kevin Although Smith, I will we say, we just want Kevin Smith to recognize us. Yeah. Although I will say, probably, um, you guys won't be listening to this probably for a month or two um, because you're going to have to follow us. So you're going to be going through the archives, listening to our first stuff. Yeah. Which would be, I hope you see progression. Yeah. I hope, I hope we have like, comment, time. subscribe. Like, comment, subscribe. <laughs> uh, with the hashtag, we all like I said, we all we all gave our Twitter handles, but we also have. The, the show itself has its own Twitter handler. A Twitter handle. Hander. Handler. <laughs> Twitter handler. Her. Which is at the Capeless Ones. Or Capeless One. Ones. Ones. There's multiples. Capeless Ones. Plural. There's, there's a bunch of us. Yep. Um, which will then, you know, link to all of our individual Twitters. And we have an Instagram and so on and so forth. So, uh, <laughs> I guess, uh, for the first time, and hopefully not the last time, uh, I am David Barry. Signing off. Signing off with uh, with Jamie Burgess, Curtis Fisher. This goes out to all Autobots. Um, for those who are out there, I'm just kidding. This is Tom, <laughs> Andrew, Anthony, Steve. There you go. Oh yeah, baby. Uh, good night and good luck.